Episode 22 of the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast with an interview of Jen Groover, personal mindset coach and world-class serial entrepreneur. You won't want to miss this one. Welcome to the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Claremont, and my goal is to help equip you through the personal brand small business startup process by providing you with enough tips and tools in these episodes so that your pivot through the small business startup process goes a lot smoother and you're more profitable quicker. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a like on the platform you're using. You can go to TomClaremont.com for more information on how I can help you with your new startup. Well, welcome to another episode of the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast. Very pleased to have with us today, Jen Groover. Now, Jen motivates and inspires through her keynote speaking engagements all over the world. She's shared stages with the likes of Tony Robbins, Dr. Oz, Barbara Corcoran, Larry King, and, and many, many more. Uh, you, you know, the more you're in harmony with yourself, the more you will in, achieve happiness and success. This is Jen Groover's message in her new book, The More Method, a well-recognized motivational speaker, author, performance coach, successful serial entrepreneur. Jen is passionate about helping people get more of everything they desire by giving them the tools to master their mindset, understand the power of perspectives, elevate their relationships, and understand the expanse of their potential. Jen, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. In your book, The More Method, um, you... You mentioned the six core aspects of mindfulness. Can you explain that for us? Yes. So in order to become more mindful, I created what I call an auditing checklist of our lives. So mindfulness seems really elusive to people and not tangible. And so uh, I wanted to make it more tangible. And and in order to do that, uh, you really need to break it down. Uh, so that people can feel like there's aspects of their lives that they're auditing. So the first aspect is the thoughts you're thinking, the quality of the thoughts you're thinking. I have a constant theme of questions throughout the book, like, is what you're doing hurting you or helping you? Is it adding value to your life or taking it away? And these are simple questions we can ask ourselves every day. So is the quality of the thoughts hurting you or helping you? Are you thinking mostly negative, worrisome thoughts? Or are you thinking positive, productive thoughts? The next aspect is your words. Our words can really tell a lot about who we are and what we believe without even realizing it. So uh, I was trained in neuro-linguistics programming and I became very aware of sometimes I'm choosing words to get people to believe something I actually don't believe, right? So for example, if somebody says to me, I'm gonna come to your party, I'll try to come to your party. They're not coming to the party. They've already told me they're not coming to the party because they use the word try. And that word try means I don't, I'm not coming, but I don't want to tell you that because I don't want to disappoint you, but it's not happening. So the quality of our words really can uh, predict our outcome and have others evaluate us more effectively. Uh, The quality of the people you surround yourself with, are you filled with drainers in your lives and people that are bringing you down or people that are inspiring you and lifting you up? Also, what you're putting in your body. 
Is it hurting you or helping you? Is it working you, helping you work smarter or harder? Is it giving you energy or depleting your energy? Uh, and then the, the other couple are under the category of what are you doing in your free time? Uh, are, are you watching TV shows that are subconsciously uh, out of alignment with what your desires are? You're watching people being blown up and killed and cheating and all these negative things that becomes part of your conscious view of the world or what you're listening to on the radio, the quality of your music, what you're reading. Uh, and lastly is the, your, the quality of your emotions, the awareness of your emotions and the emotional scale. So a lot of people are uh, emotionally unaware. If I ask them to name some emotions, they usually can go to about five and they're very basic, happy, sad, mad, angry. So uh, I always encourage people to increase their emotional scale and the vocabulary around it. So for example, a lot of times when we think we're mad at somebody, we're not mad, we're disappointed. And so when you say to somebody, I'm mad at you, the other person becomes defensive. If, but if you say to them, I'm disappointed in you, and then they have a different type of conversation. So the more we become aware of our emotional scale and can articulate that, communicate properly, we actually will increase our communication with others as well as create greater intimacy because of the more effective communication. Right. And, and I know that mindfulness is very important in the small business realm. Uh, that's the, the theme of this podcast is how to help people get started in the small business realm. There's a lot of challenges uh, to starting a business. So, so I know that this fits in very well with the concept of, of you know, having a dream and turning it into a reality and starting a small business. How do you fit this, um, this advice from uh, the Moore method into the realm of uh, small business and starting a small business? Well, I believe that entrepreneurship is a journey of self-transformation. And as small business owners, you have to look in the mirror every single day and call yourself out on your limited beliefs, self-sabotaging behaviors, and be really honest with yourself. And so mindfulness is a huge part of that. You can't change where you're going if you don't know where you are. And a lot of people don't even know where they are. And you can't course correct quickly if you're clueless about where you are. So becoming more mindful allows you to not be perfect, but it allows you to audit quickly and then um, course correct to get back on track when you're getting off track. So even if it's you know, recognizing that you have a lot of fears coming up around failure, to be able to recognize that and be like, okay, I ha I'm having these fears right now. Are they really real? What's the worst that could happen? What if I don't take these chances? So being aware allows you to have the, the conversations with yourself that you need to in order to get past limitations that you're putting or roadblocks that you're putting in your own way. Or even like with the pandemic, a lot of small businesses were really affected and, and it became a really challenging time and people needed to get creative. They had to pivot significantly. And the people that are faring well because of that were the ones that were able to be mindful, to not go into complete fear, uh, which leads to constriction, constriction of your energy, constriction of your strategy, constriction of your creativity. So when you can stay more mindful and more aware of why you're feeling what you're feeling and what you're going through, allows you to stay calm and centered, therefore, 
being able to be more creative and strategic in your evolution and, and your ability to grow and move past the obstacles. Very good. Right. And so I think from what I've also found and seen is that as time goes on and the older that we are, we have more of a, of a past. We have more of a history that we're remembering and experienced, and it becomes easier and easier to live and think in the past and to ex- live and think in the present uh, I think is very important to success when you're starting anything in life and especially uh, a small business. Do you, do you sort of find that living in the present is, is uh, more and more a, a difficult thing with the times that we're going through in this world? Being present is really about, I mean, it's hard for us to be present because there's so many things coming at us from so many different directions being present has so many attributes um, from the stillness of be able to observe and in the observations, be able to evaluate more effectively. I mean, think about when you're in an argument with somebody and you're in the thick of the argument and ener- energy's frenetic and your adrenaline's up and, and you move from that conversation to later evaluate it. And you're like, wow, I shouldn't have said that. Or I could have said that differently. I wish I'd said that better. And, and so when we're present, we can be an observer through situations more effectively. We can um, learn to also pause more so that there's so much power in pause. There's so much power in being able to take a deep breath and saying, okay, why am I feeling this way? Is this really real? Is this something to really freak out over? Is this something to just use as an opportunity for growth? So uh, presence is is this stillness. So the way I look at it, um, there was a movie called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior that I watched well over a decade ago that was really transformative for me. The premise is a lot like Karate Kid. There's a master and there's a student. And the student's a young boy running with like ego, trying to achieve a goal and wants the master to teach him how he believes that he's supposed to learn, which is funny, right? The master's teaching him how he believes he really does need to learn, building foundation first and then skills on top of that. And one day the student flips out, screams, has like an adult temper tantrum and says to the master, you're not teaching me right and screaming at him. And the master stays very still, very calm. And he says, fools react, warriors respond. Hmm. And that, to me, that stillness, that calm, the ability that even in the midst of a storm, he was able to remain present and not be frazzled was so impressive to me. And that became a goal of mine from that moment forward. I want to live more like the master and not the student. Just taking a little break here in the middle, folks, to let you know about some free resources I have available on my website that you can take advantage of, which will help you start or grow your small business. If you go to tomclaremont.com slash resources, you'll see I have some eBooks and other downloads available for you. Startup business books I recommend, as well as other podcasts I think you'll benefit from, and some other vendor services that I recommend and have affiliations with. Please check the notes at the end of the episode for the link to all the resources I can provide. Now let's get back to the episode. 
some people, maybe uh, a, a lot of people, uh, have a problem leaving their uh, safe zone, as you put it in, in your book. And I found that when I do something that's a little outside of my comfort zone, uh, it, it wasn't so bad after all. And then I'm left with uh, a larger comfort zone that I, meet, that I feel more uh, confident about and have more confidence in myself um, to do the next thing that might be a little bit outside my comfort zone. Uh, what would you say to someone that launched a business in the past, but didn't it didn't take off and, and now they're sort of lacking the confidence to do it again and follow their dream. So I had a huge fear of failure uh, in my younger life. And it was something that held me back because I believed if I failed, I was a failure. I realized this belief was programmed by my father who was a drill sergeant in the Marines and Failure is not an option was a mantra in our house. But if you teach a child failure is not an option and the child has really good self-preservation skills, the child's going to learn to just do what they're good at and never try what they're not good at or that they're scared that they might not be good at. Unfortunately, in that type of mindset, you can't grow. You can't expand. Growth happens when you're uncomfortable, right? So when I recognize this fear, I had to change the belief. So the belief failure is not an option was a limited belief that was going to hold me back in life. So I flipped the fear, which I created a new belief, which failure, I have more fear of regret than I have a failure. And I'd say that over and over again, more fear of regret than I have a failure. Failure is just part of the process on the journey to success. And I realized that no one was successful, really successful without having failed over and over and over again. And so it changed my relationship with failure, that failure is a mechanism of growth. Failure is a mechanism of reevaluation. But the most successful people didn't stay down because they failed. They used that as their their opportunity to see what they could do better, how they could do it differently. And also recognizing sometimes things don't work out, not because it wasn't a good idea, but because the world wasn't ready for it yet. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that are ahead of their time and the world's just not ready for what they bring to the, the world. And two or three years later, it would have been perfect. So always keeping that in mind too, and, and recognizing, okay, this didn't work. What could I have done differently? How could I have done it differently? And, and then using that insight as your tool of growth to know that you're going to be more confident and more effective the next time around. It's kind of like, I always, I always equate business and, and dating. It's kind of like failing in a relationship and you look back at that relationship and you're like, wow, I could have done this better. And I should have done that differently. And then you become a better person for your next relationship because of it. And what I usually say is that failure isn't the opposite of success. It's part of success, right? You have to go through that, that uh, experience of, of something not working out and you learn by it and things like that. Because um, mindfulness, you know, having a great mindset is, is uh, really critical when uh, you're in the small business realm. But you also have to match it with skills too. So maybe, maybe uh, it didn't work out because you need to develop some skills, or uh, maybe, as you said, the timing wasn't uh, quite right. Um, 
So if someone's considering uh, making a, a later in life pivot, um, you, know, you know, maybe this uh, life pivot was forced on them uh, for one reason or another, and, and they have some real skills. And they're wondering if they should start their own business, but, but they're over the age of 40 or 50 maybe, and they're sort of wondering if they lost the opportunity of time and feeling that it might be too late. What would you say to that person? Well, they might feel like they lost time, but they gained wisdom. So they're wiser at this stage of life, which I think is a, a way more uh, enormous leverage than age, right? So what's interesting, if you talk to entrepreneurs in their 20s or 30s, they feel insecure because they're too young, right? So it's all, it's all the belief that we create. The older I get, the wiser I get, the more um, value I'm able to add to my life and the lives of others and building businesses. So I, I think the age thing is a, is a belief that we talk ourselves into to talk ourselves out of something. Oh, okay, good, good. So many of us have uh, predetermined ideas of what success is, right, for ourselves. And uh, we look at other people and we see their success and we, we want to have a piece of that, you know, and we sort of define uh, in our heads what success is. How does somebody have maybe a better perspective of how to define success? Well, success is relative to everybody. You know, the reason the book, The More Method is called The More Method is to teach people how to get more of whatever they desire in life. And that's different for every person. And some people might want to be an entrepreneur more so for just an expression of their creativity. Some people might want it for time freedom. Uh, some people might want it to become a multimillionaire. Uh, but with, when you become this multi-multi-millionaire for many business models, you also lose your time freedom. So I think it's critical to get clear as to what you really want for your life first. What is it that you want more of? It's the first question I book is what is it that you want more of? And it sounds very simple and straightforward, like a goal setting question, but it's really not at all. When I start asking people what they want more of, obviously time and money are in the top couple, top few. Uh, but I'll start to ask why. Why do you want more money? What, is that, what does that do for you? And the person will say something like, well, I want you know, to pay for my kid's college and I want to be able to travel in the summer. And, and then I'll say, but why? And as I keep peeling it back, this question, I come to find out that when they were younger, that maybe they didn't have money and they felt uh, scared or they felt ashamed or they felt uh, unable to do things that they wanted to do because they didn't have the financial resources. So what they're really looking for in money is security, a feeling of safety, a feeling of freedom, whatever it is, there's a deeper core root to our desires. And the more we get to the deeper core root of our desires, the easier it is to push forward, especially over obstacles, um, because we are clear as to our desire. But when we, when so many people set out the intention of building a big business and being really successful. And I did this myself. Sometimes we're focused on the wrong thing. And for me, I wanted to be the next Sarah Blakely. And I wanted to have all these products and these knockoffs and speak and travel around the world, which I love doing the speaking and traveling in the world. 
But I recognized in building all these product-based businesses, I didn't really love what I was doing. I, there were so many aspects of it I felt anchored from. And um, I needed to create a business model that didn't make me feel that way, which was licensing. Um, but the bigger my business became and the more and more successful I came, then the more the demands on my life came, I recognized it wasn't making me happier. As a matter of fact, it was making me feel heavier and, and stressed and um, missing time with my children. So I had to do a really big reevaluation and a truth, truth talk to myself and recognize what, why I wanted success and what, what does that look like? And one of the things I know for sure that success doesn't look like for me is working 80 hours a week. I don't want that. I, I don't want to feel like I am owing my time to so many different people. And I want to do what I want to do. And I want to be able to come and go as I please. And I want to say no to projects that just don't make me happy. So um, I had to change a lot of things in my business, give up a ton of opportunities. And, and I had to ask myself financially, like, what's enough? What's enough? And, and is, is that extra money worth giving up your freedom for? And for me, it wasn't. So I found a greater balance. It's maybe not as financially uh, as I definitely dialed back some of the financial opportunities, but it's so worth the fact that I have so much more balance in my life. I can do whatever I want with my children. I can go away whenever I want to go away. And I feel free. I literally feel free every day of my life. Good. Great. Now, you mentioned uh, some obstacles and overcoming uh, obstacles. What would you recommend uh, would be some top mindfulness tips on how to think about obstacles and overcoming them? So perspective is everything and how we get to choose how we view the world every day. We get to choose our perspective to have a positive one or a negative one. It's really about training your brain to know this and recognize how I'm viewing something now. If it's hurting me, I can change it. I can make it different in just a second. I can literally change my perspective in just one second to change how I feel. So for example, when COVID hit and we were in lockdown and we couldn't go out and see our friends and uh, you know, I really value my social life. I really value being with my friends and going out to dinners and concerts and things like that. But if I focused on everything I was missing, everything that wasn't happening, everything that was wrong, I would be miserable. But in my perspective, I get to choose to view everything that's right. So instead of focusing on all the things I was missing out on, I focused on how great it was to have so much more quality time with my children, how it felt so good to be grounded at home for a little while, how I was saving a fortune on not going out all the time, uh, how I you know, got a new car and how by the end of the year, the mileage was going to be really low. So these are the things I would think about that would just make me feel better because I chose a perspective that was positive. Uh, and our perspective is never the truth. It's just our perspective. So you know, even if somebody does you wrong, even if somebody hurts you or you perceive that they hurt you, you get to choose the meaning that you give it. So in every moment, we get to choose whether something's hurting us or helping us. 
And so you want to choose what's going to help you over what's going to hurt you every time that you possibly can let go of the ego, let go of the need to be right so that you can be free. Great advice, Jen. I'm, I'm, I'm really becoming more and more a fan of uh, more mindfulness, better mindfulness, you know, the whole mindset uh, perspective. And uh, there's a lot of, of good information coming out uh, in, in the mindfulness uh, realm. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, uh, having that book in my hand and, and uh, promoting it more and more. So Jen, um, how can somebody get a hold of you? So I am very active on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Uh, my name, Jen Groover. And, um, and yeah, just connect with me on social media. I uh, love engaging with people. I love sharing content that continuously inspires uh, and makes an impact in people's lives. We really appreciate your time today. Thanks for your insight, your wisdom, and, uh, and your new book. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. That's our episode for today. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. Once again, I have free resources for you that can help you with your small business startup. You can go to tomclaremont.com slash resources. There's a number of eBooks for you to download and some eBook bundles that have been very popular lately on the Power Tools page. If you need help with your small business startup, let's talk. Shoot me an email at tom at tomclaremont.com or you can book a free 30-minute discovery call directly from the website. Don't forget to check out the blog on the website as well for more tips and tools on your pivot to self-employment. 